Some shows lean left, some lean right, but we lean local and business. This is North Georgia Business Radio X with Bo Henderson. For the next hour, we will celebrate the businesses in our area and the people that run them. Find us on Facebook at North Georgia Business Radio X and online at NorthGeorgiaBusinessRadioX.com. Now, here's Bo Henderson. Local business. The investments you need to make today. We're going to talk to some great organizations doing a lot of good work in the community. But first, I want to talk about some of the things going on local business-wise that we've seen in the news. And I'm joined here with Brother Casey Riles. What's going on, Casey? What's up, my friend? Glad to be here again. Well, let's talk about So North Georgia. We're here right in the seat of Gainesville, WDUN studio. And we like to just start off usually with... In this past week, what's coming coming up, local news, local business, and just kind of kind of touch base a little bit. Yeah, you know, I know at the at the chamber, you know, we talked about this before. I'm I'm on the board over there at the chamber and they do an incredible job of connecting people in this area uh, with business and government and all those pieces that we need and are integral to the community. They do a great job with it. I know Tuesday, September the 13th, um, there's going to be a small business seminar and uh, this one is going to be presented by my friend Chief Jay Parrish of the Gainesville Police Department and and the title of his presentation is Prioritizing Mental Health Wellness. Wow. And that is Tuesday, September the 13th from 8.30 to 9.30. It's in person or via Zoom. And it's um, it's advertised through the Chamber of Commerce. And that's their small business seminar for this month. I'm looking forward to that. I want to go to that, Bo. Well, well let's talk about that. So this is, this is our local chief of police here in Gainesville and talking about mental health, right? I mean, let's talk about that for a minute. Sure. Let's break that down. Because you see, unfortunately, uh, anywhere you go, you see a lot of times people with real, legitimate, out-of-their-control mental health issues kind of being part of the system that's going to be really hard to get out of. So I love seeing uh, our police chief saying, hey, maybe we should do something on the front end about this. Yeah, Jay, man, Jay, thank you, Jay, for what you're doing uh, in this area. You're, you're a leader, not just in this community, but in the state and in our region, um, giving us a clear example of how we can decriminalize some of this mental illness. I know there was not long ago there was a Senate Bill 403. It would require community service boards to provide co-responders to local law enforcement. And I know Jay, uh, I think it was an Access WDUN, Jay said uh, he thought it was an excellent idea. Um, and I know that he's been a big advocate for things like that. We've actually hired people here in Gainesville. Uh, the police department has hired people that they can go out with the law enforcement officers to provide counseling and, mm-hmm. and mental health expertise in those areas when they confront those situations. I mean, having those people on hand in our local area is it, it's very forward thinking, right. and it has already proven huge and and very good results and, for this community. And these are people. So we're talking about these co-responders, and, and some of what you're talking about is already in place that know how to deal with this demographic with mm-hmm. these specific issues. Because you you could imagine real quick things could go sideways. On both sides. Imagine as a police officer trying to protect yourself, not knowing there's an issue there and somebody not acting the way you would expect them to act. Mm-hmm. I can see things going south really quick. Absolutely. And I feel I feel for them, too. Right. I mean, thank God for all of those men and women who step into those situations because they don't know if the person is hostile or right. if or if they are having, uh, you know, going into a mental illness situation. And they can't really tell. I, I can only imagine the seconds they get to right. try to assess that situation. Sometimes. Sure. Right. Yeah. Millis 
seconds. I'm glad we have people like Jay Parrish and so many others in this community who are, are, are making sure that we get the proper training in those areas and addressing these issues um, you know, to keep our community safe. And I don't think this is a bad idea for anybody listening because you could run across this in the local grocery store. On your way to work, you could you could run across this and just maybe seeing some of the things, seeing how to respond. Like I think a lot of what happens is you just don't know what to do. Sure, you don't know how to react. You don't know what what you're supposed to do. So uh, one thing I like is this: if it's available in person or Zoom. So eight thirty to nine thirty a.m. Tuesday, September thirteenth. May raise the the mental health awareness in this community a little bit. Absolutely. And and really just seeing the presentation, being able to hear him talk through what they're doing, just like you said, it's not just for, you know, we're, we're not out there, uh, you know, having to diffuse those type of situations. Right. But even for some people, it's good just to, if it, it, it happens in a lot of families. Right. And so it's good for some people to just to be able to say it for the first time, like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, this is, this is part of our family as well. And be able to, as a community, uh, you know, show each other love, show each other um you know acceptance and be able to deal with some of these big issues that that face a lot of people and being aware i think one of the things too and this, this is really a mission for us here on the show i know it is for you casey is that let's raise awareness because there's you know one of the things i love to find out is we're rich in resources around here mm-hmm. a lot of organizations we're going to talk about a great one in a little while um just read but sometimes you need to raise awareness of those resources because people don't know how to plug into them agreed so i think that's another thing what what can we do to raise awareness understanding and connect people that need it yes. with the resources that our state our, our county our government's together for us. Isn't it wild that there's so many of those resources right here in this community mm-hmm. that, that if you don't even, if you don't look for it, if you don't know to go on Business Radio X and listen That's to right. Bo and Casey, you may not ever find these places. It. And it really is, I know I'm joking about that, but it really is amazing at how many of those resources exist right here in our area, but so many people just don't know about them. So I love that Chamber's doing things like like that on September the 13th. You know, I know the next day too, Bo, September 14th is the South Hall Business Coalition is from nine to ten at Michelin Raceway at Lo- Road Atlanta. I know uh, that's another event that that's always been very successful through the chamber. Is that South Hall Business Coalition? Um, you know, they on that side of the county. It's very important that the people are who are always doing business in that area get together and talk about the the vision that they want to see for that part of the county. The growth and the growth just coming up those corridors, those interstates. I know it's just huge what's going on down there. And what we had, we had one more Thursday, September twenty second, sponsored by Thrive Coworking. Is that the spot on the square? Yes, okay. yeah, where the Saul's building used to be. Yeah, that's it. Yep. Five to seven p.m. Roof and rooftop at Tap It Downtown Gainesville, right there behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, learn about Gainesville's newest workspace collaboration. Thrive is the place to be connected. So it looks like they're out there. You know what they're doing that that shared workspace. I think we've had some conversations mm-hmm. about this. It's you know you might have a business and you need an office to go work at. You might need reasonable internet and phone. You might need a place where you could meet with somebody, but you're not going. To, you're not necessarily in a position in your business to spend three, five, ten thousand dollars on an office That's right. space. That's right. Hey, we're pro entrepreneur, pro business here, and I think there's a need for that. Agreed. Yeah, like a CPA, uh, one one man or one lady shop that's trying to you know b- open up their own business through a CPA or an attorney or a real estate agent. I know that's the mm-hmm. that seems to be the things that I've heard a lot of people saying that uh, that use these co working spaces. There's actually another one on the square. Uh, Trey McFall, I know he was telling me about. They had a, a similar model on the other side of the square, and I think they've been packed up for years. Oh, really? uh, just 
they had a, a few offices in the Jackson building. So this is a, it's it's not a brand new idea, but the Thrive seems to be the ones who've like kind of figured it out. They know how to put it in the right places and uh, bring the right people together. And you know, it's kind of it's funny. It's kind we went through this period with COVID, especially. It was okay. What about is it the traditional model of going into the office and everybody swings mm-hmm. to the other side? No, it's all virtual. <laughs> Right? We can do everything from home. We don't need to be in an office. And I think what this co-working space is kind of a it's kind of the hybrid version. Yeah, right? I agree. You can kind agreed. of get a lot of work done, but you also can go in and meet with a client. What I found in my business especially is um, we had to adjust and adapt to somewhat of a hybrid model sure. uh, during COVID. People sure. couldn't meet. Venues were closed. Uh, and, and the longer I do this, people move to Florida. They move across the country. Uh, but... There's something to be said about that knee-to-knee, eyeball-to-eyeball, touching base, catching up reviewing things uh that i never want to give up on me either well and you know it's some people do there is a their uh insurance especially i've Mm -hmm. seen a lot of studies and uh about 20 percent of the population want to do business on online only they don't want to talk to anybody go knee to knee face to face anything and then out of that rest of that 80 percent there's about 30 percent that still want to go online and do some things but they still want to have somebody they can call but there's 50 percent of the population who still just wants it that old Old school way. So really you got 80% of the people who want to do some kind of face-to-face interaction in that, in that, in my industry at least. Um, and so I think it's important. Uh, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't ever want to leave, leave that model or I'm out of the job. Well, I like creating the option for the client because I'll call it hybrid. Hey, if you need to do an annual review virtually, we can do that. Speaking of my business, let's talk about some investments you need to make right yeah, now. Let's come back that. right here on North Georgia Business Radio X. talking about a lot of the good things going on in this county, investing in resources, education for mental health, uh, which we thought uh, Chief Jake Parrish is doing a good job on that, uh, inviting the community to plug into that. I think it could help us all just to be more aware, no more. Uh, Chamber continues to do a lot of good work in the community, mm-hmm. but we queued up before we left the break because I want to talk about this kind of something in, in my industry, what I deal a lot, a lot with is investments. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear people talk, what should I invest in? Uh, what's the best investment? That's a great question. Uh, and Casey, you being ever the student, that's I know right. when I give a word for us to talk about, <laughs> that, that's how this, that's how we do this show. We say, we pick one word and then us being talkers say, well, let's talk about that. Yeah, for let's 20 do minutes. it. So investment, what'd you come up with? Yeah. Investment is the dedication of an asset acquired with the goal of of generating income or appreciation, the dedication of an asset. And I know that you first, before we go into different areas, you are the expert in actual investments, uh, you know, making investments with money. But the, my question, my, when I read that definition, my first question is, you know, what are my assets? Right. Cause I think before you start dedicating your assets, the first thing you got to do is figure out what those assets are. And I know for a lot of people, uh, that is money. And so you help them be able to dedicate those assets in certain ways so they can make a a return or income. You know, in a lot of ways, I think about that in the the financial planning, retirement planning world, when we talk about investments, one way or the other, you think about it, it's, it's saving, investing money 
uh, for a specific goal in the future or mm-hmm. for some kind of outcome in the future. And I think if we think about it, it's really, in a lot of ways, it's maybe a little bit of a sacrifice short term mm-hmm. for a payoff long term. That's right. And I'll tell you what, Casey, as humans, we're pretty bad at that. Terrible. It's something you got to develop. <laughs> Because if we do what we're kind of wired to do, we just do what what we think about right then, right there, today. Hey, come on. This week, a guy told me, he came to me and said, look, he said, I was in this uh, bookstore. He named the bookstore. I will not name the bookstore, but he was in a bookstore. It wasn't locally, thankfully. There you go. And uh, he was in the bookstore, and he said he walked in, and this person said, you know, uh, he was trying to find a book, and they were like, I don't have time to help you right now. And he said, man, he was like, I was shocked at how little they cared that I came into this store. And what he said to me is something that I always say back to him. He said, this person who was trying to help me, she doesn't want to be valuable. And I said, wait, wait, wait. It's not that she doesn't want to be valuable. She doesn't want to be scarce because scarce things are valuable. I can't make you valuable. Right. But I can help you be scarce. Right. And if you become scarce, then the market makes you valuable. And I think that's exactly what you're talking about. You're saying that, that sometimes if we want to become valuable, if we want to have valuable assets, that we have to actually do some things today that nobody mm-hmm. else is willing to do. All right. Remind me of another conversation let's have. Conversation of price versus cost. Yeah, there you go. And what that's saying is, or we talked about hard easy on an earlier show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hard easy means if I commit to do the hard things today, I make the rest of my life easier. But we typically try to do the easy things today that by default makes the rest of our lives harder. Come on. Where does that apply? Our finances, our physical health, our relationships, our businesses. You just fill in the blank. That's right. right. So, so the follow-up on that, the converse, you reminded me of all these conversations, price versus cost, is there's always a price today. Think about that. The price to being in better health. And that's something I'm working on, brother, I tell you, uh, is you got to get up early maybe. You got to mm. go do the time on the on the – treadmill or whatever you're doing on the exercise plan gotta eat better mm-hmm. so there's a price to that but the, there's if we don't pay the price today the cost in the future is always going to be much higher think of the cost medical bills mm. not being able to be active with your kids or grandkids uh ultimately there's a big cost and you death right yeah that's right so price versus cost same thing right the, yeah the same thing I, I i think about with with making an investment as i said right at the beginning you you have to look at what your assets are because if if the if investing is the dedication of an asset for some future return i have to say today what are my assets mm-hmm. some people have a lot of money and no time Right. Some people have a lot of time <laughs> no and money. no money. And so when you uh, that's a that's one little uh, picture of how your assets can be different, but I have to first identify what are my greatest assets. If my greatest assets are money and I do have a lot of money, then I can find out where to put that so there's a great return. If I don't have a lot of money, but I do like a lot of young people that I do some coaching with, they have a lot of time on their hands. Mm-hmm. And if you have a lot of time on your hands, it is incredible that is an incredibly valuable asset. You ask somebody who's 84 years old right now and has spent their life and they have acquired a lot of financial assets, if they could go back to 24 today, and a lot of them would say, yeah, you know what? That I would trade a lot of the assets I have today if I could go get that time back as a 24-year-old. And you talk about business owners. The evolution I see is typically you build, you grow, you build, you grow. Then one day, you're 
wanting to say how do I how do I trade this money for some for my time back? Mm, right? It's the opposite. It's full circle. Early yes. you have plenty of time, no money. Then at the end you're trying to figure out how do we buy it back. Uh, one other thing I was thinking of, okay, I think this this will is when I think of investing too. And again, I know we're jumping around from different aspects of it, but I think an, another key is you need to have a goal, a very specific goal and a plan. Mm-hmm. Meaning, I could say I want to invest in something. But if my goal is to retire next year and need $4,000 a month of income, but I invested in cryptocurrency, I wasn't really appropriate for my goal. No, no. Right? That's a different, that's speculative, long-term. That's right. Maybe hit a home run, maybe lose it all. So I think one of the things that we can do better, and and it'll blow your mind probably when I say this, but people are so busy with their careers and raising families that when, when they come to me in a lot of cases, I'll say, do you have a retirement strategy? Where do we want to start? They're like, no. I've just got some stuff. I've got some puzzle pieces, but there was never a clearly defined outcome goal. But Mm. once we do that, we can start building a plan. Same. I'm thinking of my physical health the same way. Once I get really clear on where I want to be, then I can put together a very specific plan to get there. That's right. We we talk about this in our office all the time about even specific career planning Mm -hmm. is the combination of prudence and diligence. And what you're saying, making a plan is prudent. It's prudence is stopping what I'm doing. It's a, it's a lack of productivity. Absolutely. It's Mm -hmm. you're, you're stepping back from the productive time and you're saying, I'm going to put aside some time to make a plan to see where I want to go into the future. That's prudence. But diligence then is actually putting that plan into action. It's doing it. That's right. Right. I'm actually doing the things that I plan. So if I'm prudent, Without being diligent, then I can actually be paralyzed. I can be sitting there and never actually take the steps. But if I'm diligent without that prudence on the front side of it, I can like a bull in a china shop, man. I'm just pulling the trigger everywhere I go. Yeah, you might be (laughs) leaning the ladder on the proverbial wrong wall. That's right. You might be busy, but you might end up not where you ever wanted to be. Come on, man. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think that. So, I think a couple of takeaways from this conversation, if we want to drive this home, is you got to be intentional. All right. What's important to you? Get some clarity on what, where do you want to go? What do you want to accomplish? Is it, I want to retire at, at 55 years old at 65 years old? Is it, I want to be in the best shape of my life by the time I'm 46. That's somebody here. I know, it, you know, <laughs> is it that I want to invest in my kids? So at this age, they have the yes. skills and, and, Damn. you know, to do the things and go out in the world. Be clear on that. And then you have to be intentional because Casey, all these things we talk about, if you're not intentional and you don't make time for it, Ten years will go by like that. True, you know true. we know it. I've been, I've been, I've been working in in, in my business for twenty three years, and it's just like yesterday. I was twenty three years old Man. starting this business goes by fast. It does. It does. I tell you, somebody called me the other day and was like, hey man, you know, I need some investing investing advice. And Tell you said me. call Bo Henderson. I, I appreciate said, that. that was great. Call Bo. Here's his <laughs> phone number. But you know, I, one of the things I told him is you, you got to think about where you are in life. Investing advice, mm-hmm. Bo, this is why it's so important to sit down with somebody like you. Is it, it The investing advice is so different for somebody early on in their life or if somebody is in their working years or if somebody's at the end, uh, that's why it's so important to take that time to sit down with somebody like you. And if you're around me much, Casey, you'll hear me say one thing. I hate rules of thumb. They're easy to write articles about. They're easy to speak about on radio like this. But here's the thing. Everybody's individuals. People are not cookies, so you they can't are. use cookie-cutter approaches. And one thing that works for one household if I if I meet with 10 households, there's 10 different approaches to accomplish their goals. Everybody has different gaps 
holes, That's right. goals, assets to work with. So great conversation on investments. I want to get to somebody investing in our community doing a lot of good work in the Boys and Girls Club when we come back right here on North Georgia Business Radio X. talking about investments, uh, a lot of the resources in our local community. I'm Bo Henderson here with Casey Riles, and we're going to bring in a guest today. I think it ties right into our conversation on investments. You know, I think one of the great things in this community is we have a, gr- a lot of great organizations and people investing in our community. And in today's guest, investing in our kids. You know, what could you think of that's mm-hmm. more valuable or a bigger mission or purpose than investing in our kids? So you want to welcome our guest today? Absolutely. This is Steve Mickens. Is that how you said the That is thing? correct. That's right, Steve. Very good to meet you. We just met. Um, I'm so glad you're on the show and so glad that you're representing the Boys and Girls Club and uh, just for how much investment that you guys actually make in this community. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the time. I'm looking forward to it. Well, tell us a little bit about just um, your path to the the Boys and Girls Clubs. And and there's a history here. It's been around a while here in in town, right? Absolutely. The club's been here since 1954. Wow. I knew it. Okay. Yep. And our current locations, uh, we we built that building in 1972. Mm -hmm. So we've been around and we expanded over the last couple of years uh, to where we have 25 uh, club sites. Well, again, part of this is just letting the community know what's happening. What types of programs do you have going on over there for for the youth? One of the things I really like to hang our hat on is our education program. Um, We offer tutoring in our after-school program at each one of our clubs, uh, 80 certified school teachers, as well as 20 parapros that Hmm. offer tutoring to kids in the after-school program three to four days a week. Um, so I'm extremely excited about that because we're making up, trying to make up for the learning loss that our kids experienced through this pandemic. And so we're seeing the dividends pay off on that with the tutoring that we're offering. Um, and then we offer enrichment, anything from karate, kung fu, boxing, mountain biking, kayaking. We offer that experience as well. And then we have the character and leadership development because we mm-hmm. want our kids to also show good character and, and be leaders in our community. And I'm a little curious, how does it work? Are, are these kids coming after school? Or are they there during the summer? What's kind of the the, the layout of everything? Sure. We have an after-school program. It goes during the school, school year mm-hmm. uh, from August to May. And then we offer a summer camp program as well. Our after-school services are from 2.30 to 6.30, K-5. through And then we do our um, middle and high schoolers from 3.30 to 7.30, Monday through Friday. And then in the summertime, we're there from 7.30 a.m. to 5.30 p.m., Monday through Friday. Man, that's a uh, Steve. You got a lot going on over there. I, I know you and I were just talking a minute ago about uh, some people that we both know who even came through the program. It sounds like you got a lot of different programs going on. Got a lot of different times. I mean, how how many kids are we talking about? How many students come through there on a weekly basis, annually, but annual basis? However, you guys track that. Sure. Each day, right now, so far this school year, there's 1,100 kids that are coming through every wow. single day, wow. and then we serve about 7,500 annually, and that's through outreach, sports leagues and mentoring so so with here's the next question i guess if you got that many uh students that you're serving 
Do you have enough people to help all those students? Are you looking for good people right now? Are you guys hiring? Are you like everybody else, can't find good people right now, or are you fully staffed? No, we're understaffed. We're actually about 28 positions down. Wow. Uh, we have 220 employees that are slated to work in our after-school and summer camp program, and we're about at 192 mm-hmm. at this point. So we're looking to hire 28 part-time uh, professionals to work with our kids in the after-school program and summer. That's really awesome. I, I know, too, I think a lot of studies that have come out recently about employment and engagement and productivity in the workplace really tie that engagement and productivity of employees to meaningful work. Mm-hmm. I cannot think of much more meaningful work than being able to be tied in with the Boys and Girls Club and hang out with an awesome guy like you, Steve. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, it is meaningful work. Uh, and you guys mentioned the investment uh, aspect of uh, of pouring back into the community. Yes. The state of Georgia, it takes about $90,000 to house an incarcerated youth in our judicial system. Mm, wow. And we spend about $4,300 per child. I think that's a great return on the investment. Mm-hmm. Come on. And um, it just pays it pays itself forward because we're working with these kids and taxpayers. They can see where their money is really going because it's investing back into the community. And these kids are going to end up getting jobs in the community, mm-hmm. purchasing homes, yeah. paying rent buying groceries, Come all on. those things to help a community sustain itself. Well, I'm a numbers guy. Let's don't run by that. Let's say that again. To incarcerate a youth, you said $90,000 a year? $90,000 a year that uh, Georgia spends on an incarcerated youth. Or in our community, we can invest. Or you can invest $4,300 per child that we invest in, in those kids. And those kids are getting tutoring, enrichment, uh, snacks, uh, meals, as well as uh, throughout the summer camp program, a snack before they go home as well. Well, I'll question. So I know you've seen this firsthand. So I want to ask about this idea of just kids, some kids out there, they just need a safe place. They need an outlet. They need something to do and it can make all the difference mm-hmm. in the world. It does. Uh, uh, and that's what we kind of pride ourselves as being a safe place for kids. Uh, our, our main club is called the Positive Place Club and is located on one positive place <laughs> in Gainesville, Georgia. <laughs> and it's really just to create an environment, a safe environment for young people to come to after school in the summer camp where they're not judged, mm-hmm. where they're not bullied, where they're not picked on. And they can venture into anything they want to, whether it's art, whether it's... Um, uh, education, whether it's science, whatever it is, they could venture into it and we're going to support them. Mm-hmm. And that's really what's important to us because they need to connect with an individual, somebody mm-hmm. that can relate to what they're doing and that can inspire and motivate them to want to change. That's our biggest challenge with our kids in our community now. I always say we don't have a kid problem. We have an adult problem. Mm-hmm. Kids mirror what they see. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, what they see sometimes is what they'll be. Mm. And so we want to make sure that we're mirroring the right attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors to be great citizens in our community. Wow. We, we also, I, I wonder this, I, I know you and I talked about that we, I know some of your board members as well, uh, past and present. So uh, what about funding? Like what, what is, how do you guys get funded? What's the, what's the best way if somebody does want to contribute? Like how, how can people help? Oh, definitely. You 
you can go onto our website, www.boysgirlsclubs.com. You can make a donation there. It could be an unrestricted or restricted donation for a particular program um, around academics, character, and citizenship, or healthy lifestyles. Um, we take all types of uh, corporate, individual donations, foundations as well. And we, we do receive a portion of federal funding um, from our federal government. So we, we break it down that way, along with grants. We do have grant funding as well. Absolutely. So as we're out here, Steve, raising awareness for the programs and what is brought to our community through the Boys and Girls Clubs, uh, who are we talking to? Are we talking to parents out there saying, hey, this is out there. This might be something positive to plug into. Um, Who are we wanting to make sure gets this message to get the kids where they probably need to be? Yeah, the parents definitely, that's the first star, is, is getting them on board. And, and our school system has been an instrumental partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gainesville City School, Hall County Schools, and we also in Habersham County. Okay. And our, our, our Tommy and Chantel Bagwell Club will be opening up in Forsyth County nice. um, August of 2023. And so those four different school districts have shown tremendous amount of support and getting kids to and from the clubs. That's one of the biggest barriers that we used to have. But now those superintendents, uh, we're, we're just we're we're one community mm. that's really trying to address the problem. And the problem is creating a safe environment for kids to learn mm-hmm. and to go to after school and during summer camp. Well, I want to go back just for a second to to do all this. Great things. With growth comes new issues, right? We got to staff. We got to have good people, our kids are around. So if somebody's out there saying, hey, I could get behind that mission. I, I would love to help make a positive impact in the community and with kids. Where do we go? And and I think you said there's there's part-time positions, 20 hours? Absolutely. 20 hours a week. Okay. Yep. And during the summertime, it's 40 hours a week. Okay. Um, and so you can apply uh, online at our same website, and um, we'll steer you along the way. It depends on your experience. Uh, but we do like to train our, our employees up. So if you don't have any experience, mm-hmm. we have a great onboarding program where we make sure you go through our training. We have... Um, um, in, in-house training. We have web-based training. So we want to make sure that you have the tools that are essential before you hit the floor and work with the young people. So for those of you listening, if that might be an opportunity, Boys and Girls Club, right? Boys and Girls Club, what's the website? www.boysgirlsclubs.com. Boysgirlsclubs.com. Correct. Yeah, and check out the hiring. Mm-hmm. Uh, might be a good opportunity. Right here in the community, make a difference. We talk about, a lot of times we'll ask people, say, well, I don't know how I can make an impact. Invest in a child, sure. right? That that you might be that one connection that makes the difference in that mm-hmm. child's life, and who knows what could happen from there. So, talk about investing. Uh, I want to talk some more, Steve, about you, your family. Um, a few more questions about the boys and girls clubs when we come back right here. Appreciate on North it. Georgia Business Radio X. fascinating conversation with Steve Mickens of Boys and Girls Clubs of Lanier, talking about investing, all the investments we make, whether it's physical, financial relationships in our kids, in the community. Mm-hmm. I'm Bo Henderson here with, with Casey Riles. And again, Steve Mickens joining us from the Boys and Girls Club. Steve, will you, for somebody that might not have uh, been on the show a little earlier, just reiterate some of those things, some of those amazing programs going on for our kids in the community? Um, great. Thanks a lot, Bo. Uh, I like to, like I said, hang my hat on our tutoring program. Mm-hmm. 
um, because we're we're addressing the learning loss. And, you know, we believe that the surest pathway to individual empowerment is through a comprehensive education. And that's where tutoring comes along mm-hmm. um, to make sure that we can address those needs. Secondly, we build build on character and, and leadership with our kids. We want them to become good citizens and good leaders in their community um, and then healthy lifestyles because we want their mind, body and soul to be in good in a good place so that they can take care of themselves emotionally when obstacles or hard hits. We always say, let's prepare our kids for hard mm-hmm. so that when it hits, they can handle it cause, and they won't kind of go overboard with it. They'll get used to handling hard a lot easier and That's be right. successful. That's right. And let's talk about one more time. This just blew my mind. Uh, to incarcerate a child, a kid today, it's, it's $90,000 a year. $90,000. Yep. State pays $90,000 Or we could, a year. Or we could pay, uh, invest in our kids 4000 $300 a year. $4,300 a year. And there's so many kids. I, I used to do stuff in Athens with the Salvation Army summer camps and stuff. And, and I can tell you from that experience, so many kids, they just need a person. They need a place to go or they need an outlet. They just need that opportunity to maybe not be in that situation that maybe they were just unfortunate to be in or be mm-hmm. born into. Uh, so love the work you're doing. And, and just think about that, the difference of being that resource for kids. Casey, last week you said something, and Steve, I think you'll like this. He said, "Fair, only fair. What was it? Fair is on the place where you get cotton candy. Fair is where you get cotton candy." I, I expanded <laughs> in my mind. I said, "That's, That's the place where we ride a Ferris wheel and get cotton candy, <laughs> right?" Sometimes it's not fair. We don't always start not. off in the in the same situation. So not. to have the resources, so that everybody can have an opportunity, absolutely, to, absolutely. to be. And, and Steve, you said it so well. Buy a house in our community. Work in our community. Raise families in our community. And it's a it's deeper than it sounds, right? It's it's a big thing. Absolutely, it's a big deal. yeah. Steve, I was wondering this too. I, I know we're gonna. I want to know about some more things you do outside of work as well. But you know, you, we talked about investing earlier, and then you were talking about how that these kids can come in and a comprehensive education is what you said. You want to kind of hang your hat on. You know how how important is uh, how important is it to be able to not just provide those resources, but to have good people there who can really inspire those students to walk through those plans. I mean, you can mm-hmm. lay a plan out all day. Right. We were talking about this earlier, but when you go when you start to actually make an investment in your own life, you know, you have to be diligent to actually apply those principles that you're taught. How important is it and and maybe do you have folks there that are really exemplifying that to be able to inspire students to walk through that comprehensive education that you guys provide? Absolutely. I I think our staff, our tutors and our part-time staff, um we cannot operate without them. Mm. We would not be successful without them. So it starts with them and it ends with them. Um, sometimes I get the credit, but the credit goes to those people that are on the floor working with those young people each and every day because yeah. they're getting to know their families. They're getting to know the kids individually, and they understand the problems and the challenges that they're faced with, mm. um, which are just teaching the kid how to problem solve. Mm-hmm. And you know, with conflict resolution, we say – we don't always resolve our conflicts, but we know how to manage our conflicts. Mm. And it's really trying to help kids navigate and manage their conflicts, whether it's with friends, parents, teachers, school administrators, neighborhood bullies or whatever. You have to manage your way through all of that and try to come out on top. And so we try to give them some some tools to help them do that. That's very cool. And I don't, I don't want to just... Um just highlight the exceptions, but I do think it gives hope. And, and any stories of, of a kid that's come through the come through the program that, yeah. that had a really big outcome? Yeah, I hope not to get emotional, but um, mm. we had a couple. We have several students that have come uh, through the program, but um, two in two in particular that stands out is a 
uh, a young lady who started going to our clubs when she was 12 years old, 11 years old, all the way until she graduated high school. She was the sole provider in her family. Mm. She was the only one that worked. Wow. She worked a full-time job, 40 hours a week, and she maintained a 4.0 GPA. Mm-hmm. And she graduated um and, and attended University of North Georgia. She received the Hope Scholarship. Through the four years, we kept in contact with her. We continued to mentor her. She continued to call. And now she is a fourth grade teacher at Gainesville Exploration Come Academy. On. And she tutors in our after school program <laughs> and, and the summer camp program. So you're talking about paying it back and yes. paying it forward. Um, she's, she's such a major success. And then the other student is a, a young lady who was the assistant uh, basketball coach at Davidson uh, University in mm. North Carolina. Wow. And um, again, club kid from the time she was nine years old till um, 18 years old. What's funny was with her, she wasn't going to school at all and she played ball. And we had said to her, we saw her outside our, our one of our facilities and she was shooting hoops. And we said, this is not safe for a young woman to be out here. And she started coming to the clubs and we set, kept making deals with her. You come to the club, you can shoot hoops here. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, you come to the club, but you got to go to school now. Sure. And then it was like, okay, you got to get good grades because we collect report cards. And we did, <laughs> we kept challenging. And we yeah. said, if you do that, we'll start a travel ball team. Oh, man. A girls travel ball team. We started the travel ball team. She started doing extremely well. And I remember calling ESPN Recruiting her junior year and said, hey, listen, I think you guys should send somebody down here to see us play. We're going to be playing at Georgia State um, in this AAU tournament uh, pretty soon. And uh, it was like, well, I don't know who you are. Click, <laughs> hung up the phone. I ended up calling my college coach and saying, hey, can you help me out here? Needless to say, that summer, that kid was ranked the ninth best point guard in America. Wow, <laughs> come on, Steve. <laughs> who would have thought that? You said, this is Steve Mickens. This is no. This is <laughs> you, don't you hang up on me. You know, know who I am? <laughs> no, I had to call That's my good. old my coach to kind of help me out, and he did. Oh, and, uh, wow. So those are just but many of the cool stories. stories. There, there, this, there. this young lady did, wasn't even attending school. Yes. Think how that path could have come been on, just Steve. so dramatically different and unfortunate Absolutely. From, from the potential in that person. That is amazing. From all the things that you're seeing, the wins that you're having right now, uh, I know Bo and I, we talk about this a lot of times, like, where do we go from here? I, I told my wife this the other day. You know, if you're impacting 1,000, how can we impact 10,000? If you're impacting 10,000, how can we impact 100,000? I don't think I'll ever quit, Steve. So, uh, you know, I guess all that really starts with needs, though. Yeah. Do you see any needs outside of what you're meeting right now that you think, man, you know, next steps whether it's two years five years down the road here's what i'd really like to see us move toward you know here's a need that we see that we think we can meet in the future yeah the need actually continues to grow Uh, about five years ago when we changed our name uh, to lanier and that was because of the calls we were receiving um, in other communities and other school districts and um so within the next two years, we're hoping to open a club in Beaufort, mm. um, uh, working with Beaufort City Schools, um, um, Lumpkin County. Uh, I keep telling my board that I'm not, we're not going to open up any additional clubs uh, <laughs> because it's just so tough to keep expanding and raising revenue. Mm. However, you can't neglect the need. Sure, and yeah. so our board has just been 100% rock solid, laser focused on making sure that we can continue to raise the revenue that's that's required uh, to create a safe environment for young people. Very cool. And so we, you know, 25 years ago, I wanted to serve uh, 10,000 kids, you know, in our after school and summer camp program. So we're annually, we're at 7,500. Uh, I want to do 
2,500 to 3,000 a day. Um, we're at 1,100, mm-hmm. and we would be at 1,700 if I had 28 other staff. Sure. Um, so uh, we're going to continue to push forward because we think we're the best one-stop youth mm-hmm. center that can offer a variety of programs for young people. And if you think about the two school systems, just think about Hall County Schools and Gainesville City Schools. And there's probably 40,000 plus kids that are in those between those two school systems. Mm -hmm. And we're only still serving 1,100. And so we're we're really not uh, addressing the the, the overall bigger need. And that's just because we just need uh, more more locations, raise more revenue so that we can make greater, greater impact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we can go to boysgirlsclubs.com, right? Yes. Boysgirlsclubs.com. And you can donate there. Yes. Uh, you've heard a good cause. Well, what, pay, what pays into our future more than our kids, right? That's sure. literally paying it to the future literally sure. uh what else any fundraisers or anything you have going on to help raise money yeah yeah we actually have our um our um our gala that's mm-hmm. coming up in october okay. um my chief development officer is going to kill me because i can't remember the date well, uh, <laughs> we have a golf tournament that's happening the, i bet it's on the website week. though. it is on the website yeah, actually right. you can go to the website and find that information out and it's, that's an opportunity to attend our gala, see what we do, mm. hear from the kids, not me, because I think they're the best storytellers. Sure. Um, I like to take them on donor visits because they can tell the story better than I can. Sure. And um, come see what we try to what we try to do and uh, the impact that we try to make with young people. Steve Mickens, I appreciate the work you're doing in the community. Go to boysgirlsclubs.com. Hope to have you back on the show. I appreciate it, Bo. I'm looking forward to it. I had a great time with you yeah. guys. Had fun, Casey. See you next week, same time, same place. You've been listening to North Georgia Business Radio X with Bo Henderson. What local business do you know that should be highlighted on our program? Let us know. Just search North Georgia Business Radio X on Facebook or contact Bo at businessradiox.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And remember to support our local businesses.